It's Jeff Mayhew. It's John Beatty. It's Politics and Parenting, where we Daddy, talk about... What? I'm here today. Oh, yeah. Where we talk about books. <laughs> you didn't change it. <laughs> this is uh, Jeff Mayhew. This is a very special episode of Politics and Parenting. I am joined by my 13, just turned 13-year-old daughter, Julia. And you want to say hi to the people, Julia? Hello. <laughs> Julia and I just read Don Quixote. And I thought, what a great opportunity for a parenting opportun- uh, parenting scenario for our podcast. Um, I am a big believer that kids should read. Julia, do you think kids should read? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I think one of the most important things you can do to help your child read is to read with them. Now, I don't have to read with Julia, do I? No, you do not. No, Julia <laughs> reads. She was reading really before I was. Um, uh, both Gabriel, my oldest, and Julia are avid readers. And part of what inspired me to get into reading was how much my kids did. Uh, I needed to keep up, realistically. <laughs> um, so, Julia, what, what book are we reading today? Or did we, did we just finish reading? Don Quixote. Don Quixote. And why were we reading it? Because you asked me to, because it was your birthday. Because it was my birthday, and I wanted to read a book with my daughter. Um, yeah, we didn't finish it till my birthday. Well, I mean, it's been busy, and it is, it's like a thousand pages long, so. All right, yeah, she's pulling out her next book, which she's like, got like, <laughs> it's over a thousand. She's probably, what, 800 in so far? I just got the 900. Just got the 900. She's very proud of that. <laughs> um <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to read with your kids. I, I absolutely love this book. Now, I read it with my daughter, but I think that every father should realistically read it with their sons. Um, I plan to get Oliver to read this um, as well. It's just a great story about life and uh, manhood and, you know, everything that we go through. And so, Julie, I, I read, when I read, I flag things that are important. Now, I do this when I study for politics, right? But I also do it when I read, um, like, literature like this because I want, I'm kind of laying a roadmap for my children. And now, sometimes I'll read the book and I'll flag it and then I'll give the book and I'll say, hey, read this. And they can see what I flagged along the way. Now, in the case with Julie and I, we read it at the same time. So I flagged the book. And then I said, hey, let's have a conversation. You see all the flags in here? Pick out pick out the moments that you want to talk about. Um, and this is a really good tactic because it allows, it like engages your child to like want to discuss. You're giving them kind of control of the conversation, but you're guiding them along the way. So today we've got three passages that Julia picked out. Now, this makes me excited because I tasked Julia with picking out two. And she actually ended up with like eight so that means she really liked the book, well, or at okay. least had a lot to say about it. Okay. I originally had like 20 out of 30, <laughs> and then I narrowed it down to 10 out of 20, and then finally got to 8 when I got home. I was still weeding out some of them. And we made it to 3. It's kind of like the way that your dad writes. It starts at 2,000 words. It eventually makes down to 800. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, we're going to get started now. Julia, uh, let's just give a little background. Who is Don Quixote of La Mancha? You're supposed to answer that question. Oh, my goodness, Julia. 
So, all right, but you got to do Sancho. All right, so Don Quixote is a knight's errant, and he is traveling the land on adventures, and he's hoping to be reunited with his Senor Dulcinea of Toboso, I believe is how you say that. I will butcher names when I read later, just FYI. Um, what do you think, Julia? I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> do you think that uh, he is a man? Uh, so, so Don is also, he's kind of mad, right? He's kind of crazy, but he's also just really smart and thoughtful and kind of caring, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell with some of the times of what was acceptable back then. Yeah. That's how, like, that you're allowed to do that type of stuff. You're allowed, you talk that way. Yeah. So I guess back then that was caring. Nowadays it's called abuse and you go to jail. Oh, okay. <laughs> so no, I think you're talking about some of like the more rambunctious moments between well, him yes. and Sancho. I'm just like throughout yeah. the entire thing. He does do stuff that nowadays you can't do. Yeah. He's kind of a bully a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and then, so Don is going on, uh, looking for Dulcineo, and then Sancho, who is Sancho? Well, Sancho, Sancho is a simple farmer who just follows Don Quixote around. And you, in the second part of the book, you learn a little bit more about how what he thinks about what's going on. I don't know what he thought in the beginning. I don't know whether he knew about his master's ma madness when he left, or if he didn't. But near the end, he he accepts it and actually uses it to his uh, to his control. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So hmm, this is is funny because uh, you know John and I's last podcast was on power, wasn't mm -hmm. it? We had a conversation about power earlier, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> and so, what is Sancho learns his power and then wields his power, doesn't he? I guess you can say that. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, and that power can come from anywhere, from the lowborn or the wellborn. <laughs> so in this, the first part uh, that we're going to discuss, Julia, just give a little background here. Yeah, so they're already on their uh, expedition, and right now they're at an inn. What expedition? So uh, uh, Don and Sancho are at, on an adventure, adventure at an inn, right? Uh, who are the other characters in there? Well, there's the barber and the priest. Both of them uh, come from the town where uh, La Mancha, or somewhere around there, um, and they're friends of Don Quixote, and they have come to try and get Don Quixote back to the town so that they can help him with his illness. Uh, All right. I'll read it now. Everybody knows if you listen to the last one, reading publicly is an insecurity of mine, so... Be kind, Julia. Don't laugh at me. Also, this these things will spoil. Just oh, yeah. Just FYI, alert. we're going to totally spoil the book at some point in time through this. So, honestly, so what? You could totally just still read it. It's fantastic. It's not really going to ruin the book for you at all. Um, it's just a fantastic book. So, uh, you'll see, compadre, that when we least expect it, our gentleman will leave again and beat the bushes putting all the birds to flight. I have no doubt about that, responded the barber. But I'm not as astounded by the madness of the knight as I am by the simplicity of the squire, who has so much faith in the story of the insula that I don't believe all the disappointments imaginable will ever get out of his head. May God help them, said the priest, 
and let us be on alert. We'll see all the foolishness in the night, and Squire will lead, because it seems as if both were made from the same mold, and that the madness of the master, without the simplicity of the servant, would not be worth anything. You know what? I think I lied. I think that's actually they got him back there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So wherever they are in the adventure, why did you flag this one, Julia? You flagged it. You came and double flagged it. Why did you double flag it? This always had to be right. Come on. (laughs) Um, I just thought, I like the phrase, one cannot be without the other. The idea that Don Quixote would have eventually succumbed back to, well, not succumb, would have burst out of his madness if Sancho didn't urge him on in a way. Yeah. agree with him to be there to kind of support him in his madness yeah are you so like enable yes so like you could use the word enable or you could use the word believe right depending on if you're cynical or not um and i think there are parts of during while you're reading this book as the reader i don't think that you're sure if don quixote is mad or not at points too because you know that you know that it's like it's a fairy tale type of thing anything could be possible so maybe sancho is the crazy one right at at times at the beginning you're you're thinking that i mean i think we kind of eventually we come to see don the same way that sancho does which is through the lens of truth um and this is this is that moment where you know, you you mentioned that uh, Sancho was a follower. He followed Don everywhere, and Don is this leader, right? But they kind of are, they're both cut from the same mold, and they they kind of complement each other, like you mentioned before. And uh, the other thing was, now I forgot it. I had it, and then I forgot <laughs> it. So now <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, because like it didn't happen. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Don't worry about it. Um, so... I think that, you know, when I when I read this, when I, you know, take it in about how um, I look at the world and I think that, you know, one of the things I, I talk about at our Madisonian Republican meetings, you've, ju- you've been to one of those, right, Julia? A few, yes. A few, yes. Uh, things my dad makes me do. Um, I talk about how people couple and group, right? And so Sancho... Don't need to go to your meetings for that one. <laughs> you don't, you would think. But I, I think that we actually... I mean, you were out at lunch. We're getting sidetracked here, but this is an important <laughs> thing. So Julie and I are out at lunch the other day. And the waiter said something about marriage being kind of crappy. And and nobody should get married or something like that. I mean, marriage is more for the government than for people. But, uh, I, but he is talking about partnership. Yes, I get what he means. And... and s- <laughs> and so I made the, uh, you know, rebuttal. I was like, you know, if nobody got married, nobody would have kids, and we would just that would it that would be it, right? Um, and I think he was actually talking about kids. Now I think about it, but anyways, but I was like, if we just stopped having kids, we would just cease as a species. And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that's not such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, Julia, you got me sidetracked and now I lost. Why, why did I tell that story? We were talking about coupling and grouping. Oh, that's right. So again, 
maybe it's not so natural to everybody that you have to couple and group, right? We see we have see a society that has a lot of older single people that don't have children and we're we're kind of underpopulated. It's not great. If you look at it from a biological standpoint, maybe we should be talking about maybe you should be reading this book and and talking about how people are supposed to couple and group together. Come on, Jules. You you come to the meetings. <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. I the way that I look at the world to find strength to do something great. Um, what is something great? Have a, having children is great, right? You have that's a fantastic thing in life, and to be able to do that, you need a partner. And when you want to go build a business, right? I believe that the best, you know, you're going to need a partner. You're going to need somebody that compliments you and helps you along the way. And I think that's kind of what this is. And you tend to find people that are kind of like you, but different in life. And I think that's what Don and Sancho are. They're kind of like each other, but different. I agree. (laughs) All right, let's move to the next one. Mm -hmm. And Julia, don't let me get sidetracked like that. You got you, you, you got a real dad in every once in a while. Come on. All right. Um, so this is the very beginning of chapter. What is X again, Julia? Ten. Ten. Thank you. And part two. Of part two. I didn't even give the chapter the first one. Whatever. Nobody cares. Somebody cares. <laughs> um, so backstory on this one, Julia? I have to read it. I thought you read it already. I thought you beat me. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that this one is uh, in the second part. They escape and Don Quixote immediately goes to find his lady. I'm not going to try to say her name. Lady Dulcineo of Toboso. Whatever it might be. Uh, and Sancho by now has accepted that his master is insane. And he knows that that lady doesn't exist. It's actually another person that he changed the name of and gave up a whole new backstory. So it doesn't exist at all. So, so, Sancho, so Sancho is sent to go find her. But if you can't find someone who doesn't exist. So instead, he, changed, he convinces Don Quixote that Deltuna has been... Uh, now's what the word... Uh, I had the Enchanted. word. Yeah, I had the word soul cast from my book I'm reading now because <laughs> that's a word they use, and that's not what it. It was enchanted to look like a ugly peasant girl, so they just completely bully these peasant girls because they think it's the uh, they're enchanted. Right, and this is the moment where Sancho wields that power over Don, right? Because he didn't want to do the thing that Don wanted him to do. He was just trying to like get. The governorship, the insula, the money, you know, that he was searching for. Um, All right. So this is the beginning of the chapter. Now, uh, well, I'll just read it. (laughs) When the author of this great history came to recount what is recounted in this chapter, he says he would have preferred to pass it over in silence. Fearful it would not be given credence for the madness of Dan Quixote here reached the limits of boundaries, limits and boundaries of the greatest madness that could, can be imagined, and even passed two crossbow shots behind them. But finally, despite the fear and trepidation, he wrote down the mad acts just as Don Quixote performed them, not adding or subtracting an atom of truth 
from the history and not concerning himself about the accusations that he was a liar, which might be made against him. And he was right, because truth may be stretched thin and not break, and it always floats on the surface of a lie, like oil on water. So why'd you pick this one? Why'd you double flag this one, Julia? I like the ending. I actually just, I was having trouble picking out stuff. So I stopped reading the whole paragraph and the context around it. I just read immediately where the flag was. So I just read the last <laughs> sentence. But now that you read the other parts, that it makes it better. <laughs> it gives it context. Um, I just It's true that truth, you can take away part of the truth and it can still be true. Even it, you can stretch truth. You can give half truth, yeah. half a lie. I don't really know which way it goes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think truth is a tricky thing. And clearly this has been something that people have been debating for literally hundreds of years. Because remember, Don Quixote of La Mancha lived in the 1600s, <laughs> right? So... And I think that we're still, as a society, struggling with truth and understanding that people manipulate truth for their own gain um, and that we shouldn't just blindly accept what they say. Like earlier today, we saw um, two women uh, hold on, hold on. saying, that's okay, fine, well, I won't tell the story because someone's interrupting me. <laughs> well, I don't know what story you're going to talk, but remember, this is going to be a public thing, so we don't want to talk about anybody that, you know... Okay. Like the waiter that I talked about already, <laughs> but he was a nice guy. He like, <laughs> um, so go ahead. I just want to make sure. Hey, do you, do you remember You're a story today? <laughs> no, let's just skip it. Okay. I don't remember. We'll, go, we'll, we'll just be careful. Um, anyways, back to, see, now you got us sidetracked. Look, it must run in the family. Um, yeah, so truth is manipulated sometimes. But also, I think that the biggest concept that we miss is that we allow people to manipulate truth and make us think that other people are liars, you know, when maybe they're not. Um, we we don't forgive. We don't understand. We parse words um, as opposed to trying to, like, understand the intent of what somebody said um, as opposed to what they exactly said, you know, Um I notice, like, from the way that I read back in the early, the founding eras versus, like, the way that we write now, it's it's very different. And the way that they made arguments was different, too. It, they were out there writing their thoughts and ideas constantly, and now it just seems like we are always just talking about how the other person is doing something wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you, when you stretch the truth, right— and you pick away, people are going to speak in hyperbole, right? They'll make mistakes. Good people will make mistakes. You got to look at their heart and their intent. To and the context. And the, and the context, right? And the consistency, right? It's like, behave, I talk about a lot, behavior shapes behavior, right? And, you know, which things are different, which things are the same, and, and look at uh, a person's totality of their behavior as opposed to just a moment in, in some circumstances so we can understand what the truth is and all the different perspectives that comes from the truth because each person is seeing a different story. 
And it's really important to take in as many of those stories as possible. Just like we read Sancho's and Don's, we, t- we see more of them as characters and we understand them. And that's really important in understanding truth. Sorry, I had a yawn. Oh, uh, dad's boring. <laughs> Dad, you know, when dad starts the lecture. <laughs> so why do you think that the context made this better? Well, first off, I didn't remember that line from the story at all. <laughs> so just knowing what they're talking about just helps me. Uh, but also, it's just like that happens a lot with writers, especially from that timeline, the 1600s and earlier. You you look at it and people will read it now and they don't understand that back then these things were acceptable. Back right. then, this is how society was. Does that make it right? No, but it does shape how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I understand that. And things weren't necessarily as technical back then, you know, because you, you, you didn't understand the world as well as we understand it now. Yes. So people were accepting of things that they didn't understand, right? Like they were just more accepting of it. Like and Helios being the sun coming over the sky. Right. Oh, wait, this is Spain, so it's actually doesn't matter it's actually apollo yeah i just said that's right because i just assume (laughs) she knows and then she has to tell me that she was wrong way to go all right let's get to the next one julia let's get to the next one. well there's one more thing i want to say because i just remembered so the author how do you say his name the actual author Uh, the actual author uh miguel de cervantes cervantes okay i need to learn spanish so that guy is writing the book but he is taking the perspective of someone copying another person. Yeah. So the other person is who they mentioned at the beginning, Sid something. And they've referenced that he is a black guy, uh, um, a Moor, I think they called him. Mm-hmm. And he is talking about, I don't want to do this because I don't want to be called a liar. And he's already being discredited just because of the, where he is, the color of his skin, his religion. Yeah. So even more that he was brave in the story to yeah. um to publish the book as it is and tell the truth even though lying would have made it better yeah that's a really good point it's a good added uh fact base um i was actually going to leave a little bit of that a secret for the for the readers about you know the context of how it was written and the <laughs> author but that's okay you shared that <laughs> they're not gonna care well, we're i'm gonna ru- i'm gonna ruin the book later <laughs> so it's okay all right, next one, Julia. Context. I guess I'll provide more context <laughs> afterwards. Yes, yes, you will. Um, I don't know why we do context. Uh, so this one is, um, so as we know, Don Quixote has already escaped from home for the third time. And... In this one, though you don't know it yet in this chapter, his friend, um, who he you meet in the second part, is a, a scholar, and he brings Sancho's friend, a, another farmer, and they pretend they dress up as a knight and as a squire. So the idea is they can trick Don Quixote to promising to go back home if uh, he beats the friend in a <laughs> jousting contest, basically. Yeah. So that's They're this is Sancho and the uh, the farmer, the pretending to be a squire, the knight squire. They're talking while Don Quixote and the other knight are also talking. 
certainly Senor Sanso and Carrasco. I told you I'd butcher the names. We've gotten what we deserved. It's easy enough to think up and begin an enterprise, but most of the time, it's hard to end. Don Quixote's crazy. We're sane. He walks away healthy and laughing, while your grace is bruised and sad. So tell me now, who's crazier? The man who's crazy because he can't help it, or the man who chooses to be crazy? To which Sansone responded, The difference between those two madmen is that one who can't help it will always be mad, and the one who chooses can stop whenever he wants to. So this one I brought in for multiple reasons, because it just has a lot in it. But the main reason that I chose it for the final one, for my final three, is because earlier me and my friend were having a conversation. I had said, if you are mad, if you are crazy, but you are aware, if you are self-aware to know what is crazy and what is not, then therefore you are sane, because you can tell the difference. C disagreed. C thinks you are still crazy if you are crazy. It doesn't matter whether you can see the difference or not. So that's one reason. Of course, the other reason is it's just an interesting comment. I mean, if you can... Are you mad if you can just stop? Are you? I don't think you are, as my previous statement is. If you are (laughs) crazy and you know that you are crazy, then you are not crazy. You are sane. I 100% agree with you. I think that you being, you know, being self-aware, being reflective of one's personality and the way that you behave is important in a civilized society. And if we were to get down the rabbit hole of just accepting when somebody had an emotional outburst and acted crazy as opposed to which were they were actually crazy, right? Because some people have emotional outbursts and they say, I was just, I lost my mind, right? I lost my mind. I lost control. Well, I think everybody does that to a degree. At some point in their lives, they lose their temper. They lose control and they make mistakes. Um, You can't justify that with just saying you're crazy in that moment and not, if you knew that your behavior was wrong, then you have an opportunity to correct the behavior in the future or to control the behavior in the moment or at least you have a responsibility to as a civilized person um and it does raise the question yes don quixote how is don quixote mad besides the fact that he's beating up windmills thinking they're giants and seeing inns as castles i think i mean is dulcinea real no I mean, I think he's, I think he's... But he does say in the book, that's one of my favorite parts, is when Sancho finds out who Dulcinea is, because she, like I said, it was someone, it's a real person in a town he changed the name of to fit. Yeah. And he's like, I know that that's not her name, but she is who I want her to be because I am a knight and I need someone to love and to pretend to love. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe he... I think that's what he wanted. He wanted a Dulcineo, right? Um, I joke around and I call your your mother. You have two mothers, but the one that the one I'm currently married to. The one you talk to. The, talk in person. To, in talk, person. We talk. We just, you know, it's just a regular. Anyways, um, <laughs> I I tease her and I say that she's my Abigail. Right. And if I were to be alone at this stage in my life and I would be searching, I would be searching for my Abigail. 
right? I would be searching for the person that balances me, that challenges me. Um, and that's her. And so maybe Dulcineo was his Abigail. It was the person that he wanted. He knew that he needed to couple. He knew he needed to couple, right? Because he wanted a woman he couldn't, he was searching for her. He wanted to do good to impress or whatever. And in order to even do that, he needed help. He needed a Sancho. Um, and he got, you know, and so he brings him on this journey. But I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think we're all crazy. And I think there's one more reason I chose that clip. And I, it's kind of a spinoff of what I just said and probably mm-hmm. is more repeating it than that new idea. But like I said, is he mad? Now, obviously he does do things that he's mad, but is he always mad? Throughout the entire book, is he always insane? Like they say constantly, he is perfectly sane except for when you bring up the knight errants. But does that mean that it doesn't discredit anything he says? They still take it as true even sancho says i will listen to you i know you are mad but i will listen to you on how to be a governor on how to live my life on what you say and how to talk i'm gonna answer that with our next one my only one that i'm gonna that was picked (laughs) by me although all of them picked by you oh my god if you put flags in your books on your own you could have picked the moments but you didn't do that and i've been trying to get you to do that so maybe next time you will and you can have even more control and freedom because that's what teenagers want they want control and freedom no Yes, you do. No, I mean, I don't want to put flags in my book. Oh, because you see, that's her way of wielding her power and control of freedom. She's like, I'm not going to do it just to spite you. No, I just don't like it. It's annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Especially when you're holding the book and you've got the flags in mm-hmm. your hand. You just keep making excuses. It's, it's okay. Not a- I was your age once. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is the final one. And I think this goes right into what you were saying. Is he mad? Is Sancho mad for believing him? So I will give context for this one. This is the end of the book. Oh, yeah, I guess Sancho would be the one who's mad but knows he's mad. Can you stop doing that, sweetheart, please? Give, mm. Come on. She's got this hairband and it's just driving. Come on, give it to me, please. You know, even 13, three. It's still three. <laughs> and then when they were three, they were 13. Oh, um, I'm actually sure three called 11, but. all right so um this is the end of the book don and sancho and um there was another character here Uh, i can't remember his name here he was they were they were getting ready to go out on another adventure don had been triumphed he's not allowed to take up arms for a year um and they've convinced themselves they're going to be shepherds and they're going to go and find dulcineo that way and then Don takes ill, and he's on his deathbed, and this is where we pick up. Oh, responded Sancho, weeping. Don't die, senor. Your grace should take my advice and live for many years, because the greatest madness a man can commit in his life is to let, so- let himself die just like that, without anybody killing him or any other hands ending his life except those of melancholy. Look, don't be lazy. But get up from that bed. Let's go to the countryside just as dressed as she- shepherds, just like we arranged. Maybe behind some bush we'll find Senor Dol- Don Dulcineo, the ch- disenchanted, as pretty as you please. If you're dying of sorrow over being defeated, blame me. Blame me for that. And say you were toppled because I didn't tighten Rosasante's 
cinches. Besides, your grace must have seen in your books of chivalry that it's very common, it's a very common thing for one knight to topple another, and for the one who's vanquished today to be the victor tomorrow. That's right, said Sanson. And our good Sancho Panza knows the truth of, the ca of these cases. Senors, said Don Quixote, let us go slowly, for there are no birds in today's. In today, let us go slowly, for there are no birds today in yesterday's nest. I was mad, and now I am sane. I am Don Quixote of La Mancha, and now I am, as I have said, Alonzo Quino, the good. May my reprudence, oh my goodness, Julia, and sincerity return me to the esteem your graces once had for me, and let the scribe continue. I read an extra sentence that I didn't practice beforehand. That was, that was good. I was ready for that. So, first of all, I cried like a baby when I read that the first time. <laughs> How about you? I actually surprisingly didn't cry, which is surprising for me because I cry at almost everything I read. I was reading this short story. It's called Eleven. There was no death. It was literally two pages, and I still cried. I you, don't even know why. Getting a sidetracked again there, it, Julia. Okay, it was a short sidetrack, <laughs> and we're back on track, and you were the one who pushed it off further. All right, so was Don mad? No, he wasn't mad. He says so right there. I was sane. I was mad. I was mad, and, and now, now I am sane. sane. He was always sane. He was always sane. You can't, you can't look back and choose to you're, – you're just accepting it, or you're just – admitting it to others if you knew that you're if you know you're saying you were always saying right it's the same question that you were posing before is like how could you be mad in one moment but not mad in another right i mean well go ahead what were you saying in the last one then i was saying if if you can tell the difference if you between can tell what is right crazy and what is not but that is so he, in the moment of madness but it, he knows the difference between crazy he knows the difference look he was trying to make he was he was trying to create something. He was thoughtful and kind. He took care of those around him for the most part. I mean, yes, he was a bully, but everybody was a bully back then. You just kinda kinda wipe that out of the <laughs> of the script and, and kind of minimize that factor of it when you're looking at his character. And I mean everybody's a bully now, realistically too, just FYI. But um, you know, what am I trying to say here, Julia? He, Sancho, Sancho loved him. Like Sancho wanted him to continue his madness because I think Sancho understood the same thing that I see in Don, which is he was just an old man searching for something, searching for love, searching for peace. And sometimes when you're searching for something big or you're trying to accomplish something big, you got to believe in windmills. You got to believe, or you got to chase windmills, right? Not believe in windmills. But you got to believe in something bigger than yourself. And maybe he wanted Knight's energy to be real. Maybe he was trying to create something, right? Now, did he do it in all the right ways? No, he didn't. But he was trying, he was, he was, he wanted people to be good. He wanted to help people. And he also wanted to find love. And I don't think that, I don't think that's crazy other than the fact that you got to fake it to make it 
is kind of the idea I think that Don was playing with at that time period. What do you? <laughs> I was told not to say I don't know, but I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I told my kids, I don't know is an abdication of responsibility. Not when you don't know. Well, I mean, sometimes dad can ramble and it can be a little don't know moment. But, you know, for the most part, you do know. You're you're not insane. Because <laughs> you don't know something doesn't make you insane. Um, you know, and I think that, I think it also shows to Sancho a little bit, right? And his humanity, because... Sancho is is he's kind of like a little leech to Don, right? He wants the power, he wants the wealth. He he believes in him, we think at some point in time and then he doesn't believe in him and he believe and then he uses that power to wield over him. But at the end of the day, he's like, "Don't quit, Don. Whatever you do, don't give up. Keep going. It's worth it. Life is worth living. And if you found if you found something worth living in Knight's Errantry, then by God, let's do it together. Let's go find Dulcinea, even as shepherds. Um, and that's that's a powerful thing. You know, you have to have belief in this world, hope, because it uh, it can be cruel and unforgiving as you read in this book, right? Yeah. So this is what happens when it's not Julia's flag. She doesn't have a lot to say. It's not even that. I just don't know what to say. I don't have any thoughts. <sighs> what? She told me today, she said, Dad, I can make my brain have no thoughts and it helps <laughs> me go to sleep. And I go, that's impossible. How do you do that? You, you just focus on your breathing. You just, you listen instead of think. Oh my God. I used to, okay. So weird story. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to focus on my breathing so much that I would struggle to breathe. So I stopped doing that. So that's just like a weird thing to do. You got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the book. We did it. We finished Don Quixote. It only took me a little bit over a month. Um, and, you know, life is hard. Kids are difficult. But I think it's really important that you read with your kids. Um, it encourages them to read. It also challenges yourself. Um, I think that we're all supposed to be growing and learning. Uh, each generation comes new challenges and you got to keep up with it in order to have a successful and prosperous society and country. Wouldn't you agree, Julia? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Oh, she agrees. Sweet. I can agree with stuff. All right. Um, well, that is the end of our politics and parenting episode with my special guest host today, Julia Mayhew. Julia, would you like to leave the people with any type of knowledge about you? No. Classic Julia. <laughs> Peace and love. Mm -hmm.